0: Should the wife consider her husband to be more than the spiritual master? Well, the guru is to be accepted as good as God and the husband is to be accepted by the wife as good as God and as A guru. So ideally, the uh, husband will represent the guru to the wife. We find in Manu Sanghita that Manu states that the brahmachari, after studying in the gurukul, goes home and marries and then teaches everything that he learned to his wife. So he's acting as the representative of his guru by teaching the same thing to his wife. And he should, both by practice and precept, that means by behaving as a cultured, civilized person should, as a devotee should, (coughs) and by teaching that to his wife he acts as the guru. So ideally, ideally there should be no difference between the spiritual master and yeah. the husband who's also Pati Guru, known as the husband who's the spiritual master. And of course the uh, the husband he should take guidance from the Guru. Traditionally Gurus being males wouldn't have much interaction with the direct interaction with their female disciples. That would be via the husbands. (coughs) In the modern age, especially things may not be so ideal. And the dharma, the duty of a woman to serve her husband, may not always coincide with paradharma or transcendental dharma, which is bhakti dharma, service to the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So if the husband doesn't properly represent represent the guru that puts the wife into a difficult situation, nevertheless she should try as far as possible to follow both the duties of a wife and the duties of a disciple. If the husband isn't properly following the guru, then that puts the wife into a very difficult situation. And she should ask for guidance from, or she could ask her guru, or she could ask senior female devotees in the traditional system, The young wives would live in the house of the mother and father-in-law, so it was a much more strict situation than nowadays. The nuclear family—that means hamdo hamari do—we are two, and ours are two—that gives uh, excessive independence to the wife according to the standard of Manu and of the traditional culture and the standard that Srila Prabhupada spoke of. <clears throat> then Why should she consider the husband so much? Because the husband will be only for one lifetime. Well it is possible that if that uh, husband and wife they go together in the next life if there's strong attachment, and even Srila Pr- Prabhupada writes, actually it's a Bhagavatam verse that they can go they both go back to Godhead, then they go together. So um, why should she be so much attached to the husband? That is uh, always recommended in Shastra that women should be attached to their husband even you may say it's for one lifetime but in that one lifetime that uh, human form of life she has to take guidance in temporal matters and in spiritual matters and if one receives even a little guidance in spiritual matters from someone one is one should be eternally grateful. So that's why the relation the relation between family members in Vedic culture, or in, actually in any civilized society, it's it's a religious bond. Marriage is a religious matter. The cats and dogs they don't have a religious wedding except some stupid Hindus it's not very common but sometimes they marry dogs and cats sometimes they may, may even marry a girl to a dog have you seen that they may do that so as for some astrological reason to some funny thing high class people don't do that um So that that is a religious ceremony that's the bond between husband and wife is not just one of uh, physical attraction of a sense enjoyment, but it is meant to be a, a spiritual matter or a, a, at the very le- least a religious matter that one follows the rules and regulations of Shastra together for the sake of uh, spiritual upliftment or at least upliftment to the spiritual platform. Or at the very least, one doesn't get degraded. So dharma, this is all within the jurisdiction of dharma. Mm. Then? I have one more question. Like, uh, my mother always says,
1: like, how a woman should be, like she should not um, she should be very uh, particular about like how she should be and even in the Shastras it is mentioned. But sometimes it happens that when we tell it to some devotees, they don't try to understand the point that right, this point and even we try to say the Navan Shrapaji has said how a Ji and how a Prabhupada should be Sometimes it happens that they don't uh, understand that point even we tell after so many times. After that, like, uh, we get really after some time when we use the uh, power of darlings, then we sometimes either don't reply to them or sometimes...
0: Yeah. Okay. So in summary, the question is that your mother is always talking about the proper duty of a woman And you sometimes say this to devotees who don't want to accept this, even though it's in Shastra, and Śrīla Prabhupāda says it. And then you get frustrated because they don't want to accept it. So what to do? Well, I have the same problem. (laughs) Why don't don't they want to accept Shastra and Prabhupāda and all the Acharyas? What's, What's wrong with them? They have a better idea. Maybe they are in, uh, influenced by the modern demoniac ways of thinking. They are not, so in not so mature, you don't have to be mature, but you are saying they may not be mature, but the entry into spiritual life is acceptance of Srila Prabhupada as the authority on all the Shastras and all the Acharyas. So why don't they accept? I, then their spiritual life didn't really begin. You, they're picking and choosing. But it's it's very common in the modern world because in the modern world there's all this propaganda about uh, women's roles and all this kind of thing. And even here in a completely Muslim-dominated place, you see the the Muslim women—they're not like they used to be. Yeah. Many of them are working. They're all educated with modern education. So things are changing, but not for the better. So, so why, why are they becoming devotees? They're supposed to be devotees and they should be trained from the beginning to accept Prabhupada and everything he says. In all respects. And why don't they why don't they want to accept what he says on social issues? There's something seriously wrong there. <laughs> but uh daughter
1: daughter
0: Yeah, why not? Then you have to explain to them this is the proper system.
1: But still they, they don't understand. They always
0: say... Then you, if they don't understand, then you have to say, what do you want to accept? you want to accept the, this modern demoniac society and what they say, or you want to accept what Prabhupada and the Shastras and all the Acharyas say? I've discussed this point many times. You, there's one lecture I gave called Iskon's Cancer, in which I discuss how they don't, so many supposed followers of Srila Prabhupada don't want to accept what he says. And that's like a cancer in our whole society. And our whole society, we should be promoting, as Prabhupada did, Varnashram Dharma, but we're not. So we're trying to live making a compromise with this modern society. This uh, congregational preaching means devotees like yourself are coming to Krishna consciousness, and you're surrounded by materialistic people, and it's very difficult to go against their way of thinking. So you just make some kind of compromise, that's all. But then you, then you can't accept what Prabhupada says. Well, we have to be strong in our consciousness. Sometimes, some of the devotees, because they are conditioning, it takes more time. You say because of their conditioning, for some devotees it takes more time, but it should be from the beginning they should be taught these things. Who is teaching? Some people they are coming for two, three years, but Ah, but they, 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 you may say they they're not advancing quickly, but that doesn't mean that we adjust the philosophy. For, it's a problem everywhere. I mean. Where, where we're pre- where, mostly, uh, from what I can see, our movement is highly compromised with the modern way of thinking. It's just easier just to ignore what Prabhupada said on certain things and pretend he didn't say them, and ignore certain uh, large parts of the shastra and or all these shastric directions on these points. It's just we don't we just don't talk about them and we pretend they don't exist. <clears throat> So, uh, at least where I'm preaching, uh, the devotees who are following that, if they say all these things, then we find that even from our devotees, within, among the devotees, there are those who protest, and they, they won't accept it. And just like, for instance, someone wants to, a young man wants to join as a brahmachari, and so many people will try to discourage him. <laughs> just see. If we, if we say, move to the land, as Prabhupada said, they'll say, no, 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 don't do that. You have to educate your daughter and all this kind of thing. They'll, pro- they'll protest. They like to chant Hare Krishna, but they don't like to... And they like to follow some things, but not everything. So, it's a, a, the greatest obstacle to implementing... Śrīla Prabhupāda's instructions within ISKCON are the members of ISKCON who are opposed to those instructions. They they won't openly say that we're against Prabhupāda, but by their, by their uh, attitude, you can understand that. So, that's the situation. I plan to speak on this tomorrow about how we should follow Prabhupāda and everything he says. I plan to say in the public lecture. Anything else? That's all. All right.